Hello, and welcome to the Amber Stitt Show. I am your host, Amber Stitt, and I am obsessed with helping people get their financial and personal lives in order. Every week, my guests and I explore the fundamentals and practices that will help you stay on top of your game in business, but also at home. I believe we all have different pathways we have to take to reach our peak performance so that we can live up to our peak potential. And this podcast is dedicated to helping you get there. I'm excited to share the insights and habits that my guests and I have cultivated throughout our lives so that we can help you on your journey towards a happy, successful, and fulfilling life. Let's jump right into today's show. Hello, and welcome to the Amber Stitt Show. I am your host, Amber Stitt. Today's episode is a unique one as we are discussing how Emeritus has innovated this year. I am so fortunate to host and moderate today's service and tech year-end wrap-up meeting. And thank you, Lynette, for letting me host this event. And thank you, Brian and Peter, for also being here today. We're glad to be here, Amber. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Amber. Excited to be here. All right. So today, Lynette, we're going to kick this off talking about what does the service and tech committee do under the Field Advisory Council. So I'm going to have you talk about what is the purpose of the service and tech team. And then we might dive into some pillars that you guys have as part of the service and tech committee. Perfect. Thank you, Amber. So yes, service and tech is a subcommittee of our field advisory cabinet. And we discuss anything service related, anything from a processing standpoint to um, adding technology, We collaborate with the field to try to understand where are the needs and wants and how do we make it happen, right? I've been Mm -hmm. part of this um, subcommittee now for about 10 years as the home office representative, and I have seen this group evolve. I'm really happy to where it is today because we are really taking this feedback and, and, and building out our technology and not just taking the feedback, but making our field partners part of the solution, like they're part of our pilot program. We brainstorm with them in brainstorming sessions and prioritize mm-hmm. what work needs to be done. So it's um it's a really great committee to be part of. Yeah. And I was recently, I think it was last September at my first meeting, and it was great to see how the different departments are working together. And so Brian, I know that this is a subcommittee under the Field Advisory Council. Can you speak a little bit to the subcommittees or the FAC itself so everyone has an idea of what it what it is to be a part of these committees? Sure. Um, the Field Advisory Cabinet of Emeritus is a group of a prize, somewhere between nine and 11 people, depending on the year, from different uh, backgrounds and, and different types of firms so that we can bring our ideas to Emeritus directly and their senior management. And we work on everything from product innovation uh, to make sure we're giving our clients the best products available. We hear about all the financials of the company. So it helps us from a producer standpoint to understand exactly how the insurance company works, um, mm-hmm. how it's capitalized, how financially strong it is, and, and obviously Emeritus uh, being one of the most financially strong companies in the country. And it's a very open dialogue uh, where we really try and collaborate and come up with best ideas and uh, hopefully uh, bring a really top-end product to the producers to provide for our mutual clients and also gives us a voice on things like service and technology or retirement plans where every every section has a subcommittee where we're able to really focus and hone in on things 
to bring better processes and better products to our producers and clients. That's great. And I know that you guys have had a lot of 2022 initiatives, Lynette, and I think it it funnels into some three pillars, essentially, that you guys follow. And if you could explain those a little bit to everybody, I think that would be helpful. Absolutely. So um, the first pillar is transaction processing. So it is really um, just improving our service level agreements, right? Like taking out all the manual um, steps that need to be taken, that slows down the process, that also um, adds complexity or because it's manual, um, increases errors, right? So getting better at that. The other thing is um, transparency. A lot of times we and our field has to spend time calling or sending emails and following up on things because there isn't a portal or an easy way to see where things are in the process, right? So let's let's create that transparency so there is no guesswork, right? It's it's just being able to log in and being able to see where, where things are in the movement. And then, of course, is the experience. We utilize our um, user experience team to mm-hmm. get feedback from not only internal folks and our field, but also consumers from all over. And we take that feedback and we build that into our um, processes and our technology. So those are our three pillars and what we try to focus on when we're trying to prioritize what things we want to work on. Because obviously there is a large, large list of initiatives. So we want to make sure that the things we pick are the things that are going to bring the most value. It's really certainly a trickle down effect where we can make the, the user experience better and have more efficient teams, just everything is going to work more cohesive. So I really appreciate you guys are always working on that for the the agencies and the advisors out there. So let's dive into some of the initiatives that we've accomplished this year. And I'm going to start it with uh, you, Brian, talking about underwriting and some of the automation that you guys have made happen by by meeting and, and testing certain things? So, uh, you know, that probably goes back over the last uh, 24 months or so, but it's been an evolution of getting it better and, you know, starting with eApply, which Peter will talk to in a minute, and having the information electronically sent in instead of the old paper app to now where, where we're able to underwrite through automation. So the, mm-hmm. the application will now go through an automated process an underwriting decision will be made by artificial intelligence. And it, it really has dropped the, you can probably get that done in some cases as quick as five, seven days, mm-hmm. depending on the case. So, you know, typical underwriting could take four to six weeks. Uh, automated underwriting obviously shortens that time up tremendously. And what that does is not only frees the producer up, to help more people, but it also gives a client a decision very quickly. So mm-hmm. as a as a client goes through underwriting, they they have some anxiety because they're waiting to hear somebody judge mm-hmm. them on their health and lifestyle and everything else. Um, so the shorter you can make those spans, it just makes a much better client experience for the end user. I know that I like communicating with my clients within three to five days, just giving them some steps. So when I have an approval available, it's always nice to say, hey, after a week, here you go. So that's always fun as part of the process. So to piggyback off of Brian and his comments in regards to automated underwriting, I would say that a lot of work has happened to build the foundation of that automated underwriting to this point. But the real like exciting um, automated piece is coming in 2023. So a lot of work has happened to this point. 
and we're just going to get better. So excited about that coming. Thanks, Lynette. That's good to hear. That's fun. Uh, so Peter, I know that part of the automation, we need to talk about the e-applications, e-apply. So I know that you are instrumental in that. You want to talk a little bit about that today? Yes. And, and just building off of the great success that Brian's had over the past two years with eApply and, and also Lynette, it's important that we had established this uh, well before the pandemic. Uh, there was certainly a lot of kicking and screaming uh, for people trying to move away from the traditional right. paper app. Paper app was very easy to do. It was So we were very fortunate that we had started this initiative several years back. It is amazing to see uh, traditional firms that have switched from paper to eApply for their life, DI, and also uh, annuity business, how much mm -hmm. faster they're able to play. And it's been a really good start in the right direction. I think there's a lot more to, more to come mm -hmm. um, from, from there and, and also being able to play faster. Well, and I don't work with all product lines, so it sounds like this is being rolled out across everything, right? Yes. And, and, we're, and as with any technology, there's always kinks that still need to be worked through. And but we're, we've made a lot of progress in 2022 and, mm -hmm. and there's going to be even more in 2023. Yeah. So, Lynette, let's talk about the mobile app for the advisors. Let's have you talk about that a little bit. Great. Thank you. I'm glad to talk about it. Yes, because I'm, <laughs> I'm very, very excited about it. You know, again, this is about transparency, right? It's one of our pillars that we talked about. So the ability of our field partners to be able to just by looking at their phone and swiping, you know, being able to see that where their case is in the process, right? A lot of our field partners are not sitting in front of a computer mm -hmm. eight hours a day, right? They're on the move. So being able to pick up their phone and, and, and communicating and seeing what's, what's happening with their cases instead of being so dependent on their staff, right? To communicate mm -hmm. that stuff to them. Um, this, I would say 90% of it has been driven by our field, right? Again, it's that collaboration. We started in January with meeting with some key folks that had raised their hands to be part of this initiative, where they told us what they needed as part of this mobile app. Then they helped us prioritize it. And then we, we gave them a... Um, a sneak preview into the app before it went live in August um, to everybody else so they could live and breathe it and come back with any suggestions that they wanted enhanced before we went live to everybody. And that was very helpful. And then um, we went live at the end of August. We have over 700 downloads at this point in time, which is phenomenal. Um, yeah. And the feedback we're getting for the field is all positive. And mm -hmm. we're still meeting every other week with our pilot advisors to go through, okay, what are the next things we're going to work on? And so we focused on the business and now we're currently having a lot of dialogue around what does service alerts looks like? For example, mm -hmm. you know, you're sitting at the airport and all of a sudden you get a notification that tells you, Hey, somebody's contract is about to lapse. So being mm -hmm. able to jump on top of that, um, right then there is um, on, on the top of the list of our advisors. So that's probably one of the next initiatives that we're going to work on. So very excited. Well, congrats to, to all those statistics. And I know that when we're on the go, if we're part of these committees and part a part of thought leadership and different, we're at different conferences together and we're on the go, we need access to those alerts and being able to be there for our clients when we have some of that downtime at the airport. So 
you know, it's, it's perfect, perfect timing. The only thing I would add, I believe one of the best things we did as a committee is, is start a subcommittee of service and tech called the Office Professionals Subcommittee. And they okay. have been instrumental in helping develop a lot of these initiatives due to the fact that they are using it 80% of their day. Uh, most producers aren't using producer workbench and the mobile app and everything else as much as their office staff is. Where the mobile app is really great is it allows the producer to stay in touch without having to be at their desktop at producer workbench. And the office professionals committee has done a tremendous job bringing back the information they need to do their job more effectively, which makes the producer's job uh, more efficient. Uh, I just want to shout out to all the participants on that committee. There's 20, some of them now, uh, who have just been instrumental in, in getting us feedback to, to make us better. Sounds like there's no gaps in the process. All departments, all teams are working together for a smooth transaction. And so that's that's awesome. So Lynette and I have had some time together talking about some inclusivity within the teams. And a previous Pathways of Peak Performance episode, we dove into really what Emeritus is doing to innovate there as well. And I think it's been at least 12 months that you guys have rolled out a number of resource groups. And so I want to talk about that a little bit. But first, maybe Brian and, and Peter, we could speak to the Emeritus growth leaders. And then Lynette, we could talk about awe as well before we dive into the other resource groups. So I'd like to share a little bit about what else is out there for people to participate in. So Brian, do you want to talk or Peter talk about Emeritus Growth Leaders? Yes, the Emeritus Growth Leaders uh, Initiative is a group of advisors uh, across the country with from different firms that are up and coming um, advisors um, in the industry. And it's almost considered like a super study group mm -hmm. that allows the... Um, sharing of resources and expertise and allows somebody that might be potentially earlier in their career or willing to take the next steps, gives them the opportunity to connect with potentially people that have been in the field much longer um, from, from there. And it's been a great um, initiative and, and home run from, mm -hmm. from that end. I've, I personally have learned a lot going through that program. And I know me being able to give back as well um, has given a lot of opportunity to uh, even even teach me things that I might not have, have known. Yeah, as a member myself, what I do love about it is you're getting ideas from different people that might not be directly in your practice. Uh, they might be doing something else. And so you're hearing what other people are doing, and it can really help brainstorm and bring new ideas to your practice and business. So I've appreciated it myself. And if you're not a part of a AGL, I'd, I'd encourage to to reach out and and seek yeah. membership because it's uh, very rewarding and you get a lot of out of it. Any one of us can help point them in the right direction, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so Lynette, let's go kick it over to AWE, which was rolled out quarter three of this year, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So Emeritus Women Elevated is for our female advisors. And like you said, we just kicked it off here recently. We had our first in-person meeting. It was two days. It was amazing. It was um, it was great to see all these women collaborating together. And, and just how Peter described for um, Emeritus Growth Leaders, it was the same thing for the women, right? It was brainstorming. Mm -hmm. It was, um, you know, sharing ideas, working together. 
um, you know, building relationships. And I will tell you, even as myself, at, you know, home office employee, not an advisor, I left that meeting mm-hmm. energized. Um, and I oh, yeah. came back with ideas too. And the other thing, which was a huge bonus, was that we were able to get three new members for service and tech out of that meeting, right? They wanted to be part of the of the change and the process and you, Amber, being one of them, right? So yep. great, really good. Yeah. So yeah, the energy that came from that, it was nonstop and just the ideas flowing. And then just the encouragement if people are newer or maybe just are looking to enhance, there's, there's so much there that, that people can collaborate and participate in. So let's close with today, the other resource groups that you guys have developed. And it's been, I mean, a little over a year and you guys have done so much. So let's speak to that a little bit and give that some airtime. (laughs) Thank you, Amber. So we have a couple. So even through our field advisory cabinet, one of the subcommittees now is a diversity and inclusion subcommittee. You know, they are just in the infancy, but already I could see some great things coming out of it. For example, the um, AWE committee Mm -hmm. came out of that meeting. Internally, we have the LGTBQ plus group. We have um, Young Bison, which is young professionals coming into, um, you know, the industry, um, internally to try to learn, you know, what do they want to be when they grow up here at at Emeritus. We also just Mm -hmm. started um, a women's ARG internally. We got the okay to start that. I will be helping out with that in our Cincinnati location. And we also have um, people with disabilities um, resource groups. So it's, um, you know, we're heading in the right direction, right? Still a lot of work to do, but, you know, our momentum is is high and, and we'll keep improving for sure. We also have our um, Black Americans Babs resource group. They've been doing great, a lot of um, community work, what they call fireside chats, where they have speakers come in, a really engaged group. So that's been going really well. Yeah, there's been a lot going on. And I think the whole point for the Pathways of Peak Performance audience, when you've listened to the previous episode with Lynette, I think the point here is that there are a number of things that we've accomplished throughout Emeritus. But Lynette, you've also talked about inclusivity being the glue behind a lot of these committees and things that are happening. You've mentioned before that, you know, don't wait for the agency that you're participating with or affiliated with to do something. You can start today on your own putting in the work today. So Lynette, let's talk a little bit about that just to kind of wrap this up because really today's year-end wrap-up is to hopefully motivate people to really plug into quarter one and two and roll out some new ideas and really just have some takeaways from listening today to today's uh, episode. So let's close with some just thoughts on how you feel that this can push us into 2023. Yeah, so I think you just nailed it when you threw in the word inclusion, right? Because to me, this is all about inclusion. It's about listening, Right. And getting the right people to help you through this this journey. Right. So step one is listen to the feedback, but also ask for the feedback. A lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, the feedback <laughs> is not going to be good and that's OK. Right. Because that's the kind of feedback you want because you want to be able to enhance that experience. Right. Um, not everything is perfect. And I think, you know, the other thing is um, also raising your hand. Right. Being, mm-hmm. being part of, of that change. 
there's a lot of work that needs to be done, right? I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You know, we are on a journey and who better to ask for help than the individuals that are using our products, the individuals that are using our systems, the individuals that are calling us, right? Those are the people we want to get feedback from because they are the ones that ultimately should be driving where we make enhancements. So don't be afraid to ask questions and ask for feedback, right? And listen to key things. I love that. Any other takeaways, Brian and Peter, that you want to share? Yes. Yeah? I think we're going to, we've really set up for a tremendous 2023. We're really excited for where we're going and really looking at enhancing self-service, really focusing on underwriting automation and e-apply, and really having transparent service status. Mm -hmm. Those are going to be big initiatives for us into 2023 and want to make sure that Emeritus continues to be a great partner in our business. And I did also want to throw in um, one other comment, Amber. So, you know, I'm home office, but I cannot do this alone, right? I am very grateful that I have um, field help, right? My co-chairs, Brian and and Peter, are just an amazing group of of, of gentlemen to to work with. They support me. They also tell me when, you know, I should (laughs) be looking at things differently or approaching things differently, right? I I, I really do appreciate their, their honesty and their support and, mm-hmm. you know, how they're um, vocal about things. And I know this is Brian's last year on service and tech. So, Brian, thank you for all your years. Um, and, and thank you for being such a great partner. Appreciate it. Thank you. None of this would be being done without your leadership. So you've been a, the leader of all of this. And all, on behalf of all our field partners, thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you, Lynette. That's a perfect way to wrap up the year-end meeting. The other thing I would add, Amber, is I think we do uh, need to recognize that senior management at Emeritus has seen this as a a big issue, Mm -hmm. and they've put the financial and human resources behind it to make a lot of things happen, and uh, we're very appreciative that we were able to work together collaboratively to get that done. Brian, that's a good point. Lynette, you had said to me previously when we've met before that it was management has to sign off on this. The executives have to say yes before any of these things can occur. And it sounds like they are all about pushing things into motion, giving it some time where where it's needed, but testing and trying things. And I have felt that in the last 10 years myself, working as with Emeritus as a partner. So again, I really appreciate you guys spending time with me, but I want any of the listeners here today to know that you can utilize some of these tips and techniques and roll those into your practices. You don't have to be an insurance company. You don't necessarily have to be in financial services. It's really uh, collaboration and working hard and listening to feedback and really uh, putting your best foot forward. So thanks for being here, everybody. And it's been fun hanging out with you today. Thank you. Thank you, Amber. Thank you so much, Amber. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of The Amber Stitch Show. For more information about the podcast, books, articles, and more, please visit me at amberstitt.com. Until next week, enjoy your journey at home and at work. Thank you for listening.